And good morning, everybody. Welcome to Chalk Talk. I am your host, Kim Davis. Today is Tuesday, August the 24th. Cannot believe that we're almost at the end of the month, right? September will be here, well, next week. So what that means in football and uh, NFL speak is that this is the final week of training camp. Um, the Texans will have their final preseason game on Saturday night at NRG Stadium. It's their only home preseason game. And so they will wrap up uh, preseason on Saturday night and uh, have to get their roster down to size next week and figure out who's going to be on this football team as they get ready to open the season on September the 12th, I believe, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So ah, it's been an interesting summer. It's been a very interesting off season if you are if you follow, follow the, the Houston Texans. And they played their 2-0 in preseason. And, and of course, we know that these games don't matter once the regular season starts, right? That the schedule, that record doesn't matter. But uh, Coach Cully says, you know, when they keep score, it means something, right? So you, you want to win when they keep score. So they won their 2-0 in preseason. And for a team that has so many, um, has, there's so much uncertainty about, there's been so much chatter, uh, a lot of doubt, some disruption with fans, all of that. 2-0 in preseason is far better than the alternative, okay? And so with that said, we what we have seen thus far from this Houston Texans team is that um, defensively, they are going to be, uh, they're going to be better defensively, I believe, than they are offensively. And that may be like, well, Kim, you know, does it take a, a rocket scientist to, 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 to recognize that? But I do. I think this team, um, you know, has, has some, some bright spots on defense. I think that what Levy Smith is bringing to the defense in, in terms of just the change and the aggressiveness. And, I mean, it, it sounds like the players are really – buying in, that they they are enjoying being a part of this defense and, and flying around on the field. And that's always good, you know, when you can have fun at work. It, you know, that's that's got to make what you do uh, flow a little bit better. And so um, defensively, they're going to be exciting to watch, I think. They'll probably, they'll probably be on the field um, a lot, so they're going to have to be uh, in, in really good shape because I think the offense, is, the offense is going to struggle. And that is... That's just the fact of it. I mean, Tyrod Taylor will obviously be the starting quarterback when the, when the regular season starts. Although they haven't, you know, definitely said that, but you know, he will be the starter, and we'll we'll see how he does. I mean, Tyrod Taylor is, um, you know, he's had uh, he's been in the league for a minute. He's a veteran. He's had a few little uh, bumps and bruises, as I call it, with the some injuries and just some strange things happening. And so it's a fresh start for him. And, um, but this offense will not be stellar. I mean, the upside is not um, great. I feel like there's like something in my mouth. Anyway, so, you know, um, this past preseason game, while we, while we can celebrate what happened with the defense and the fact that they had four takeaways and they had sacks and, you know, they were really active all night. The offense was 0-10 on third for third down conversions. You know, they won the game, but they 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 didn't look great. 
you know, uh, they still have some challenges in terms of what happens in the red zone. And so they're, they're, they're working through it, right, And as, as they go through camp. So I'm going to let you hear today from head coach David Culley, who talked about some of these things in terms of um, offensively, the good and the bad, uh, what they did defensively. I also asked him what he wants to see this week. He talked about that. So we have some idea of what we can expect on Saturday night when they play the uh, world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers at NRG Stadium. We also talked with, uh, heard, we'll hear from Tyrod Taylor, um, who is, you know, like I said, by all accounts, will be the, I mean, he's going to be the starting quarterback. So we'll hear from him. And, and Titus Howard, who has moved to left guard. And so he's playing on the left side with Laramie Tunzel. And we'll let you hear from Titus Howard. I think that, I mean, I like the idea of him being on the left side. You know, even though this team may not, um, be at the top, you know, competing for anything real high in terms of where they end up. I, I still think it's going to be, it'll be interesting, interesting to watch. So um, we're going to first talk about uh, the Texans and then we're going to talk about the Houston Astros who are three and a half games. I just want to make sure I'm giving you the right number. Um, there's still quite a bit of baseball left. They've had a couple of losses that have, um, listen, if you think the fans and the media are not happy about the losses, you got to know that neither is Dusty Baker, the manager, who was uh, often often and easily scrutinized. So they lost to the Royals yesterday, 7-1. to But it's the game on Sunday that they lost 6-3 to the Mariners. And, you know, well, 6-3, it was extra innings game. They had a chance to win it in regulation. Um, they went into extra innings and just couldn't score they just couldn't they just weren't able to weren't able to get it done and so uh couldn't get a hit when you needed it right that base is loaded and you know we'll we'll see what happens you know with this team but i think it's way too early to uh to panic now they are four and six in their last 10 and you're going to have those kind of stretches the white Sox, for instance are leading uh the Central, the American League Central, they have a nine-game lead over Cleveland. And they're four and six in their last 10 games. So I just offer that as to say, you know what? All is not lost. You obviously want to always win more than you lose. Um, but they're three and a half games ahead of the A's, five and a half games ahead of Seattle. And... You know, so they're still in, in good position. They've got, they just can't have these big, these big lulls and they can't afford to let, let some slip out of the, slip out of their hands the way they have in recent, in recent games. So we're going to talk about the Houston Astros. Uh, but first, I want you to hear from Texans coach David Culley. Let me go to the negative. I know you said positive, but there was a negative that I want to make sure we were 0 for 10 on third down, which was, you know, not acceptable. Um, and then a couple of those were third and shorts. Uh, the positive thing, the most positive thing is, which has something to do with us still having a chance to win the ball game with four turnovers. We did not turn the ball over. And that was the most positive thing about coming out of the game offensively. The defense gave up a 50% uh, loud on third down. 
including 50% when the stars were in? Were you worried about that? I'm not worried about it, but that's not good. Uh, and the other thing, too, is they were two for two in the red zone when they got down there. And uh, basically, uh, we've had some issues in the first two of in the red zone and not getting touchdowns. And uh, obviously, the opponent we just played were two for two getting down there. But it's not a concern because uh, basically what happens when you play these preseason games, we're not game planning them, so to speak. So it's, we're just going out there uh, and we're playing them. We, we practice against each other. We practice against what we do offensively and defensively. And you go out there and then you see some things that you hadn't seen before that you normally would see during a regular season. And, and I think that has a lot to do with that also. That was the game you said. Well, I think that was more so of just how we were willing to approach the game to do some things we do differently on offense that we hadn't done before. It had, I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that it was who we were playing. It just had something to do with uh, the things that we were calling and what we were trying to see. And, you know, we were trying to get the ball in certain people's hands. We, we wanted to see certain guys in certain situations. And so basically, uh, you know, Tim called the game basically to kind of evaluate some of our personnel. With how, how much of an asset Tyrod can be with his, his legs, is there kind of an element of the running game that you guys just aren't really deploying in, in the preseason? Well, no, that, that, that's an el- basically that happens. We, we're not asking him to run. But we know that when he's back there uh, with the ball in his hands in a passing situation, that uh, we know that he's mobile enough to be able to get out of trouble, to keep plays alive. And the one thing that defensive out here at Lovey talk about this all the time is, is that the, the worst thing you want to happen to you when you got everybody covered downfield is for a guy, that a mobile quarterback, to be able to get out of there and, and get a first down for you because you've got everybody else covered. So you and really- well, we, we do have we do have plays in our offense that are designed to do that, uh, but not necessarily. And that's a game plan deal. That's a game plan. Depends on who we're playing. Well, I want to basically see how we can sustain things during a during a basically for a whole half uh, with uh, with basically the same guys in there when we're playing. Uh, we haven't done that yet. We've uh, we basically had a kind of pitch count for certain guys and and hopefully in this this game right here we can get a little bit more consistency and in going into the second half with uh, the same guys and, see, and seeing how, how the consistency develops with those guys uh, real quick i just want to ask you about uh is there any update on anthony miller uh, as far as his status in this no no update okay. Thank you. you're welcome all right that was head coach david cully uh yesterday actually before practice um, they're, they've moved their practices to the afternoon, really getting more into the schedule they'll have during the regular season. So they were inside the stadium yesterday, uh, had a light practice, and coach talked before practice. So that was him. After, you know, to having a chance to look at some of the tape, um, what he came away with and what his thoughts were. So, you know, we'll see. Um, the regular season is just a, a couple, a few weeks away. Uh, last night there was a game. The Saints were on Monday night football, and Jameis Winston, uh, for all of you doubters, uh, put on a, had a performance that says, "Hey, you know what? I uh, I should be the the starter this season for this New Orleans Saints team." Um, and it's it's tough to argue with that. You know, of course, he's the number one overall draft pick. And, of course, you know what? The big, big knock on Jameis Winston has been uh, his his issue with turning the ball over. The last time he was a starter, he had 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns. That's just awful, right? You can't, can't have 30 turnovers. So 
that was what a couple of seasons ago. Then the next season, of course, the he this is when he was at Tampa Bay. They brought in Tom Brady, and then of course he's now this with the Saints. Um, has been behind Drew Brees, and you know he's getting another shot. You know, has he? What has he learned, and will he be able to take care of the ball? And he did on Monday night against Jacksonville. What many think that any you know competent starting quarterback should do. But it, you know, um, he completed his numbers. He completed nine of 10 passes for 123 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the Saints won that game 23 to 21. They scored on two of the three drives that he was in for. So he clearly made a case for himself. And the big thing is um, that he's not turning the ball over, right? So if Jameis Winston can... Um, be productive like he was last night. And I, I realize it's preseason, but hey guys, this is what coaches have to go on, right? This is really all we can talk about right now until, you know, what, September 12th, the weekend of September 12th when the, when the season opens. It is all they have to go on. So yeah, you know, he, he looked pretty good, but the key for him is going to be, can he, can he protect the ball? If he can be consistent and accurate, then he may be the kind of player that, you know, many of us thought he would be when he came out of um, college as the Heisman Trophy winner um, uh, and NCAA champion and, and top pick in the draft. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, he sounded kind of like a veteran in the post game, And so perhaps he's had some time and he's matured on and off the field. We'll see. That's all we can do is say that we're going to see what happens with um, – Jameis Winston and the Jaguars. Um, Urban Meyer and the Jaguars uh, have not been so good yet, right? But is it early? Like, are people, are we overreacting? They're so, the expectations are so high for Urban Meyer because he's Urban Meyer and because of what he's been able to do in the past. College coaches in general haven't, um, been well received in the NFL. So uh, we'll see what he does. But this Jacksonville team is, is going to take a minute that uh, for them to pull it together. You've got a new coach. You've got a lot of new personnel. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not that concerned. They're in the AFC South. So I'll see them twice. They'll play the Texans twice because they're in the same division. And we'll see what happens you know, as, as the season goes on, they've got a new quarterback. You know, we'll see how he looks um, when you expect to see, when and if you expect to see, you know, what you expect to see from him this season. Trevor Lawrence, who was, you know, people have been waiting for him uh, to leave, to get to the league, and, and now he's in the league, and, and so what do you have, right? So we will continue to just keep an eye on it. And, and because they're a division um, they're in the same division with the Texans. We'll see and follow them um, pretty closely. In fact, the Texans open the season against the Jaguars, so that should be interesting to see how those two teams match up to start the season. All right, so we also talked with um, Tyrod Taylor and Titus Howard yesterday. And, you know, we talked a lot about the Texans' defense. I tend to be – I've always been a person that um, – favorite defenses, right? I've covered some great offensive teams. I was thinking about this yesterday. So from even from a collegiate level, like I covered Andre Ware and the, when they were 
when he was at the University of Houston and there was a run and shoot and he won the Heisman that year and went on to be, I believe, he was the seventh pick in the draft uh, when he came out. So I covered Warren Moon and that very prolific offense with the Houston Texans and it was fun to watch. I mean, it's Houston Texans. They were the Houston Oilers back then. So you had guys like Alonzo Highsmith and um, Mike Rozier and you had receivers like Ernest Givens, who was tough as nails and Haywood Jeffries. And, you know, there was a, there was a lot on the offense. The offensive line um, wasn't great when Warren first got here, but they got better. They made a huge investment in it over time. So I've, I've seen some great offenses play, some really good offensive play, offenses play. I also was here when the Oilers drafted Steve McNair and got a chance to see what he did with the offense. So it's not that I've never covered offenses that were good. And, and obviously I've covered the Texans and Deshaun Watson when he was able to um, lead this offense and have the offense looking, you know, fairly well. And even when the Texans won the division a couple of times. So, I mean, there have been some good offenses. I just have always been a person that maybe leaned toward defenses. Maybe it's because that's when my father played. My father was a linebacker, right? He was the... Um, he played on TSU's first football team. And so I just, I, you know, defense wins championships, right? Isn't that what they say? But of course you got to score points. Anyway, we talk a lot. I talk a lot about defense. So that's why today I thought we're going to talk some, we're going to let you hear from some of the offensive players for a change. And so we're going to let you hear from Tyra Taylor. I'll also let you hear from Titus Howard. Let's listen to um, Tyra Taylor because he is going to be the uh, person starting at quarterback when the season opens um here's tyler taylor after practice yesterday um i would say there's guys from different uh well this team is built uh around guys that have come from different circumstances um whether it's been a situation that didn't go right for them um and they're here playing with the chip on their shoulder or guys in their contract years it's a bunch of motivated guys and i think uh coach cully made it very clear um early on that we're here to work um, keep the business our business, and we're here to work. When we're at, when we're on that football field, uh, it's about football, and that's that's what we're going to keep it about. Better in all phases. Uh, communication is where it starts. Um, of course, executing. Um, we wasn't in situations where it was third and, and nine manageable. When I say that, ten, ten plus, we were in third and manageable. It's just about executing. And, um, we watched the film and seeing what we could be better at that, and we just got to take the right steps of cleaning that up and uh, getting on the right track this week as we go into the season. Tara, what's it like playing with Brandon today? Um, <clears throat> Coach Kelly has mentioned to us uh, and reiterated to us that we're definitely going to be a physical uh, group. Of course, we have the speed and the playmakers outside on the edge, but our identity comes up front um, and in the backfield. And I think that, that opens up uh, our playbook um, as we get – uh, the front five playing physical and the running backs getting uh, getting downhill. I think it just opens up the rest of our, our playbook. What do you think? Um, I think it's a it's a combination of both. Um, of course, uh, in the NFL, a lot of big plays uh, from the quarterback position as far as running happen on broken plays. Um, of course, you can scheme up things, but some some stuff happen uh, just organically, and I think it's ways to do both. Um, um, it still have a, still has success. Um, more importantly, we have the weapons outside to, to be able to get those guys the ball and take the hits off the quarterback. Sorry, I don't know if you saw the news about, about Cam with the COVID testing and stuff, being out for a while, but 
I haven't seen any news. I'm sorry. Just in general, I feel like quarterbacks' decisions on vaccines have been in the news. Did you decide to get vaccinated? Um, I think that's a personal matter um, to speak about it. Um, I can't say whether it's the right or the right or wrong thing. Um, I think it's just a personal choice. Um, I think guys in this team have taken the right precautions uh, to do the the right thing and to protect uh, one another. I mean, regardless vaccine of or not, I think you still have to uh, treat it as if it's just as real as it was last year. I mean, you see, I have my mask on me, and I try to keep it on at all times, and I think that that's, that has to be um, the mindset moving forward for everyone, whether they're vaccinated or not, just because it's something coming out each and every day. Uh, so, so, so many new reports around it that um, – in order for us to have everyone healthy on the season, we have to take the right precautions. Um, I'm I'm comf comfortable uh, with it, and I think it's something that you continue to keep uh, building chemistry with day in and day out, just talking through different concepts, um, even in practice, uh, maybe sacrificing one of those plays to use as a, a scramble drill to move around just to be able to coach it and, and tell guys uh, where you expect them to be on certain concepts. Uh, but. Yeah, definitely comfortable in that area. And I, like I said, it's just something we got to continue to keep improving. Um, that's nothing uh, that you just work on and, and, and don't touch until the game. You have to continue to keep having those conversations week in, week out. Um, they may uh, present themselves, but they may not. But when they do, it's an opportunity for a big play. So that's Tyrod Taylor after practice yesterday. I uh, got the question about vaccines and COVID. Yeah, we heard. David Culley say earlier that um, he felt pretty good about the vaccination rate that all but I think the number he said of four or five players are on the team have uh, gotten the vaccine and they don't, you know, talk about which ones have not. And um, as you heard Tyrod Taylor there say, I, you know, he thinks it's a, it's a personal decision. So, you know, it, you wonder, um, here's the thing, you just want everybody to be healthy, right? Things are getting crazy and out of, and out of hand, out of control, and uh, just community-wide. I'm not just talking about football, right? I'm talking about really everybody. And, um, you know, so hopefully they are all taking the precautions. We do see some players out there wearing masks, you know, when they're not on the field. And so that's you know, I don't know if those players are the ones who are not vaccinated. They're just taking the extra precaution. You heard Tyrod say that. He think he took it off when he got ready to speak. Of course, those of us, um, as a point of clarification, in the media who are actually able to do interviews in person with the players um, have all been vaccinated and we get tested every two weeks. Fine by me, because I'm glad to know. <laughs> I'm glad to continually know that what, what, what my status is while I'm taking all of the the right precautions, right, in terms of wearing masks when I'm indoors. I'm just speaking for me. I'm not telling you guys what you should do. I would encourage you to get the vaccine and practice social distancing, but those are the, the precautions that I'm taking. So the fact that, you know, the Texans reinforce that, I, I'm, I'm good with that, right? And I think it's not just the Texans. Those are some NFL protocols and guidelines. So we all... Um, those of us in the media who are in this group that have access to um, in-person interviews, we have to we wear, we wear masks when we are with 
talking to the players or the coaches. And when we're indoors, so when we were, when we're out of the field of practice, we don't have to wear a mask, but when we're around the players, we do. So there's a lot of um, protocols in place to try to keep everyone safe. And, you know, so that's just that little update. In fact, our last, my last COVID test was yesterday. So I haven't heard anything different, so all is good. And it's just, it's comforting because even though I have been vaccinated, uh, I've had the vaccine, we know that you can still contract COVID. Uh, the the thought though is that it just would not be hit me as hard, or I should be able to, you know, not get really really sick and survive it. But I say all that to say in the middle of the show, just to be safe, everybody, and um, and to protect the kids. You know, I really am concerned about children who don't really have a choice because they can't get vaccinated and they're really being hit hard. You know, the fact that the ER rooms are filling up around around Houston and there's some suburbs where they don't have any they don't have any space. And that's really scary because what if you have something else happen? Like those of you who are doing this milk crate challenge, you fall and break your leg, where are you gonna go, right? What are you gonna do? Um, you have unfortunately you have a car accident or you have some other issue that that happens. Um, so I just encourage you all to be safe um, in general. You know, it's just crazy times that we live in. So I just wanted to share that uh, as we move on to the program. Okay, so I told you Titus Howard. Uh, Titus Howard was the number one draft pick for this, was the first round draft pick for this team the last time they had a pick. So what was that, two years ago? Him, uh, a product of the Southwestern Athletic Conference. It was interesting on draft night, there were people in that room that had no idea what SWAC was. People who covered football, there was actually a beat writer in the room who didn't know anything about the SWAC. And I was like, wow, how can you cover football, the NFL, and not have any sense of what the SWAC conference is? The history of the SWAC and, and, the, and the role, the impact it's had on the National Football League. Ah, I tell you, it's really, it was really interesting that night seeing the people in that room that covered the Texans kind of scrambled and looked like they drafted him with the first round pick. Well, he's an offensive lineman. He has um, been moved over to play left guard. He plays the right tackle when he came in. But I'm going to let you hear from Titus Howard um, just about uh, kind of how he feels in this um, being somewhat of a veteran, I guess now um, in on this Texans team, and, and now being on the same side of the line as Larry Tunzel, who of course will line up and start at left tackle. Oh yeah, it felt pretty good. Uh, I haven't played guard since my rookie year, my first game, but it felt pretty good to be out there this weekend and playing good. Being out with my boys, I feel like up front, you know, we did a pretty good job. There's always stuff we can work on, but I feel like you know, we made a progress from what we were last year, and I think it's going to be pretty good. It seemed like maybe y'all didn't run the ball as well as y'all make the crowd from Why do you think that, that might have been? Um, I mean, every week, you know, there's stuff that, you know, we've been going against each other at training camp, game planning, this and that. But I feel like we was making, you know, did some good uh, blocks. You know, we were making some guys move out the hole, but we just didn't get what we were supposed to put them getting. But I think that's something that we can take to this week's practice, you know, work on. And I think it should be better this weekend. Hey, Titus, you and Larry teaming up. 
excited are you about that potential for you guys playing next to each other? Oh yeah, that's my boy right there. Um, it's gonna be—I think um, it's gonna be a pretty good, pretty good year, you know, for us. Uh, you know, I'm on the left side. I'm playing left guard. He's at left tackle. Uh, it's gonna be real. It's gonna be real. But I think the whole front, the whole offensive line. You know, we got Justin, we got Match, got Charlie, you got uh, Lane, you got Cannon. I think this, this group. It's going to do a good thing this year for this team. And I think we win some games because of what we do up front. What sort of asset is, is Justin as a guy who's played you know, so many different positions on the line just in the league in terms of kind of advice you can dispense to people? Yeah, he's been very helpful for me. I know when Justin, you know, he came into the league as a tackle. Uh, played tackle with Seahawks in the Super Bowl. Then he ended up moving to the center. So, you know, when I first got moved to left guard, he was just talking like, hey, man, you need some advice. You know, just tell me, you know, I can help you out. You know, I've been through this. So, you know, I, I listened to some things from him, and I learned a lot from him, and uh, he's a great guy, you know. So I'm happy for him to be on this team and be our star center. That's Titus Howard talking about some of the guys he lines up with on the offensive line. Uh, the last guy he talked about is center, is the center. And so um, that's kind of your Texans wrap, if you will, from what's been happening from over the weekend through getting ready to this final week of the season. For some, it will be the let there, you know, it, it'll be it for them. They'll be uh, packing up and leaving after this preseason game. And as the team gets down to its final roster and also, you know, deciding who's going to be in the practice squad. So it'll be interesting. Um, I know that earlier at one point in this offseason, we talked about some of the players from last year. And if you look at who's still on this roster and who are the players that um, maybe are, are potentially not going to be there. And I know that early in camp, as I watched um, Whitney Merciless line up at defensive end, I wondered if he was a guy on the bubble. Um, but I think Whit is going to be fine, you know. And, and even if he didn't play here, he, he'd play someplace. But I, I think, I also think that, uh, you know, his contract plays into that, you know, because I don't see them making a move uh, – with a player that has a contract that they can't really do anything with. So I, I expect that he will be here. So I've had some people, I've heard some people, you know, when you're just listening, like question, will Jonathan Owens make this team? Jonathan Owens is a defensive back out of a, a Missouri Western uh, state. Uh, he's probably also more famously known as being the boyfriend of Simone Biles, you know, um, but Will he make this team? And I just, when you look at how they're using him, and so we don't know. You know, this, this weekend could be a big, uh, a big opportunity or, or big, a big game for him. On the offensive side of the ball, there's a guy that I wonder whether or not he will make this team, and that is uh, the running back, David Johnson, who, of course, came over in the trade for, uh, he's a seven-year veteran um, out of Iowa, northern Iowa. But he came here from the Cardinals. He came over in that trade, the DeAndre Hopkins trade. I don't know that you could ever live up to that awful, awful trade. Like, it wasn't his fault, right? But he is, uh, I don't know. I mean, they've got quite a few you know, running backs in camp. Uh, there are some that, uh, you know, if they're going to go younger, because right now I think the average age is 29, which is not young. It's a little old for an uh, NFL running back. But, you know, we... It'll be interesting to see if, if David Johnson um, is able to 
make this team. You know, it'll be interesting just to see. Come on, just give me what I'm looking for. Sorry, I'm looking at some information and they're trying to make me do a bunch of other stuff that I don't want to do. Um, they haven't, they don't like to talk about, you know, obviously depth charts and all that kind of stuff. Um, with this team, you know, it's about, uh, and I get it to a degree, you have so many new faces, it's about competition. And so they want to just make sure that everybody is all in in terms of the work and putting it in on the field and, and you know, not worrying about, um, you know, it's easy to say, not worry about where you may be on the depth chart. Of course, you're worrying about that. That, that has everything to do with your with your future. But here's what's about to happen, right? So the last preseason game is Saturday night at 7 o'clock against the Buccaneers at home in Energy Stadium. They will open the regular season um, Sunday, September 12th against the Jaguars. And they have the Jaguars, the Browns, and then they have the Carolina Panthers and then the Buffalo Bills. I am trying to, uh, why don't they have it in a different situation? So they play at home against the Jaguars to open the season. Um, and then they're also, do they open this? This, let me go to my schedule, my own schedule, because that particular schedule does not do a good job of telling me the home and away games. But I know that they open at home against the Jaguars, and then they face Cleveland. Here, let's go to the calendar. So they're, here we go. They're home against the Jaguars. They're in Cleveland to play the Browns, to play the Browns. Um, then they are Is that right? Right, they play the Jaguars, they play the Browns. Then they play the They can't be off the back have a buy that early. They play at the Bills on the 3rd. They play the, oh, so they have a Thursday night game. That's what I'm missing. Okay, they play the Panthers on the 23rd. So they open the season at home against the Jaguars, on the road against the Browns. And then <clears throat> they play the Panthers on a, in a Thursday night game, <clears throat> which is a home game. And then they are on the road again There we go. I was like, where's the game? So they play the Browns. They have the, they're at home against the Panthers. Then of course, when you typically have a home game that next week, I mean a Thursday night game that next week you're off, that's their bye week. So they've got a bye week early as opposed to later. So that's not always great. Then they're back. They play the Bills on the road in Buffalo, October 3rd. <clears throat> Pardon me, they're home against the Patriots on the 10th. They go to the Colts the Colts on the 17th, and then to the Arizona Cardinals on the 24th. That, um, and then they wrap up the month against the Rams at home 
on Halloween. So that gets you through the first two months of the season. So how do they start? They start at the, they start against the Jaguars, the Browns, the Panthers, and the Bills. So we'll, we'll see how they could uh, start the season. I mean, the Jaguars, that's a game they could win. Uh, the Browns, I don't expect that they would win that game. Uh, the Panthers, uh, not really sure. Don't expect they beat the Panthers or the Bills or the Patriots or the Colts uh, or the Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, it could be a rough start until they, they'll be ready for that bye week on um, the week of uh, on Sunday the 14th. They may need it early. That's their official bye week, but because they have a Thursday game, they have some extra time um, earlier in the season. So they kind of get a break in more than one place, in more than one kind of situation, if you will. So we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see what happens with this Texans team, how they line up, uh, what we see from them. I know that some of you have been inboxing me. There is no news. And the reason I don't, let me just say this, the reason I don't talk about Deshaun Watson on a regular basis because there's nothing to say, right? There is no news. If there ever is any, I will certainly share it with you. But there is no news, and it could be that way for quite some time. I mean, this could be a season that he um, really spends, you know, away from the game, you know, off the field. Um, and that's just unfortunate for everybody, right? But there's so much uncertainty around that situation and there's just no real information um so we'll see you know we will see what happens but um there's there's no there's no news on that front and we don't know what the answer is going to be that it's just i i just certainly have no idea of course we had our legal expert attorney Charles Drayton on a couple of weeks ago joining us, uh, just talking about the process. And so that process is going to be what it is to have to play out. Now, speaking of something that's legal and just super crazy, I don't know if you saw the story that came out yesterday. Um, it was bizarre. So you remember Tyler Skaggs, who was um, a player with the Los Angeles Angels, and he died of an overdose in 2019. Um, so now um, the federal prosecutors are saying that one of the ex-staffers for the Angels, uh, Eric Kay, ran a drug distribution operation that supplied illegal narcotics to several MLB players, um, including the, the drug uh, fentanyl that allegedly led to Skyler Skaggs' death in 2019. So there are approximately five players that are prepared to testify that they obtained uh, the oxycodone from, codone from K. So basically, he was running a drug ring out of the front office, you know, and that also he coordinated the supply of uh, narcotics from nine different suppliers. The reports so far say that he sometimes used Skaggs uh, as, a, as a middleman for distribution. So um, this former staffer for the for the Angels is also facing drug-related charges in the death of, of, of Skaggs. And now there's all of this investigation into um, drugs, like a drug ring. How crazy is that? So if you remember Skaggs, was, Skaggs, this was so sad, was found dead in a 
Texas hotel room in July of 2019. He was 27 years old. They were in Texas to play the Rangers for a road game. And that was, um, that was just tragic. Uh, I don't need to go into details of how they found him, but his family has filed a wrongful death civil suit against the Angels that names Kay and a fellow former staffer, Tim Mead. Both men worked in the team's communications department. So that's what they do in the communications. That's just, I mean, Meads was Kay's manager and, um, you know, they previously denied, he previously denied to ESPN that he had any knowledge about this alleged drug ring distribution. Um, but they, the prosecutors, the reports that have come out so far alleged that it started, that they started uh, distributing drugs to the players, to Angels players in 2017. So it had been going on for two years. And the Angels, of course, have released a statement saying that the civil suit is entirely without merit. Uh, and that the allegations are baseless. And they went on to also call them irresponsible. So the team uh, is fighting it. They're gonna fight this lawsuit in court. And, you know, wow, it's a lot. Uh, it, it just, it, I mean, it, it leaves me kind of speechless that this, that this kind of activity is going on on the baseball team. But, you know, as the Astros go around and, and play, um, you have people that want to boo them about a about a cheating scandal from twenty from twenty nineteen from twenty seventeen. This is far worse. Okay, this is far worse, and so I just um, that's that's craziness, and you'd hate to think that it would be, uh, you know, that it would be. You know that it would it would not get um, really scrutinized and make sure that that kind of thing can happen. I mean that's so now that's that's criminal. Like clearly that's criminal. Now there was another story. I just want to share this with you before we go. That uh, that happened at a double A affiliate, <clears throat> right? Not at not at a major league game, but a double A affiliate. So there was. Let me see if I can pull it up. <clears throat> um. If I can, if I can pull it up for you and show you, I, if I can find the uh, story, it's kind of funny, unless of course it happens to you, and then of course it's not very funny. <laughs> but there was a, um, let's see here. Uh, Okay, so there was a story that uh, Daniela Marulanda shared on Twitter, and I wanted to go back and find it because it's it just I can't really do it justice. It's something that you really have to see. Um, kind of sad, kind of funny. You know, uh, what day, where are we? Come on, where is the story? Because she's got a photo. <clears throat> and I wouldn't wish this on anybody. 
it's got to be pretty. Okay, here it is. Okay, so let me see if I can pull this up for you. Let me share my screen, okay? And show you. Okay, imagine getting broken up like this. Tim, uh, this guy named Tim um, broke up with his girlfriend on a jumbotron and that was just so disrespectful. Who does that? He put it on the jumbotron at uh, Canal Park and it says, Alyssa, this relationship is over. In LED, big in the, I mean, Wow. I don't know the story. I mean, I don't know what um, Alyssa did to warrant this, but when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's a lot. And then, so the team, like y'all would really put that on a Jumbotron, you know? Um, now there are, the, that stadium, it's not a major league stadium, but it holds um, 3,100 fans, 3,160 fans were at the game apparently. And either way, it sounds like it's probably a good idea that those two are not together. I just thought, what an awful way to find out that the person you're with is dumping you, right? Um, anyway, so to be at a game and to see it, you and everybody else to see it on the Jumbotron is just, I don't know, a little classless. But then again, I don't know what Alyssa did to warrant that kind of um, end or uh, acknowledgement to the end of their relationship. So uh, listen, the Houston Astros are back in action tonight. They're playing the Kansas City Royals at Minute Maid Park. They have a day game tomorrow. They're off Thursday before um, taking the field again on Friday. <clears throat> so, you know, all we can do, those of you who cover the Houston Astros or who like the Houston Astros, who are fans of the Astros, they are, the Astros travel starting on Friday. They go to the Rangers. They go to Texas, up to Arlington, take on the Rangers. It's the hope that um, the Astros get back in, you know, get back to their winning ways, if you will, and get back on track, you know, um, because again, there's still a lot of season left. I've, I've heard some of my colleagues talking about how, you know, may as well just give up now. This isn't a, a championship team. And I don't know if they are or not, but I know it's way too early to talk about giving up on them. Uh, and, and here's the other thing, Alex Bregman, um, played for the Skeeters last night um, in his rehab assignment. And so he had a double. I'm looking at uh, just what he did last night. And I'm sure he's ready to get back at it, right? He's ready to get back at it. And, um, you know, but he want, they want to make sure that he's really healthy. He's missed enough time. He's missed, at this point, he's missed so much time. It doesn't make any sense to rush him back. But boy, could they use him in the lineup because um, they, they've had some 
you know, they've, they've had some, some holes really and in, in, in offensively when they've really needed the boost. And, and there, there are some who question some calls that Dusty, Dusty's made, and we'll, we'll talk about that more. But um, listen, we are out of time. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of Chalk Talk today. I am going to um, have an interview with Bo Porter. He's going to join us live. He would have joined us now live uh, before, by now, except I uh, kind of dropped the ball. So we're going to have Bo Porter join us. And also I'm going to bring you um, Dwight Thompson, who is a person who's worked on the business side of sports with an agency. He worked with the, uh, with the Poston brothers and their agency for many years and just has a wealth of knowledge about not just sports, but the business of it. And I think those are great conversations to have. So he's going to join us. We're going to get him on live. In fact, he and I uh, talked about doing um, maybe an additional show to this one that really focuses on more of the business of sports and all those things that happen that many times that we don't know about, that we don't understand. So as always, remember, be safe. Um, make sure that you're wearing your mask when you go places, especially when you're going indoors. Uh, keep your hands washed. Carry your hand sanitizer. Don't be all up on people, especially if you see me. Do not give me my space. <laughs> um give people space you take space and and i'm i'm gonna say this i encourage you to get the vaccine i think it's better than the alternative um it is just a mess out there right now so be safe take care do something kind for yourself and do something kind for somebody else i'll see you next week on i keep wanting to say beyond the headlines i don't know what that's about i'll see you next week on chalk talk and until then Follow me on my social media platforms, Kim Y. Davis on Twitter, Kim.Y.Davis on Instagram. And remember, this show is brought to you by Kimmy Treats. Um, Kimmy Treats is our title sponsor. You can go to KimmyTreats.com and place your order for all things wonderful in terms of the popcorn and the amazing body butter. Also, you can go check out Sunshines if you're in Houston and get your stuff in person. You don't even have to come to the website. But anyway, let me hear from you guys. Thank you for being a part of the show. Make it a great, great week. Stay hydrated, stay out of trouble, all that good stuff. I'll see you next time.